Welcome to Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. This is Adam, the lead pastor, and we're so honored that you could tune in with us this week for our audio message. We hope you'll be encouraged today. We hope that you'll find hope, which is what we exist for. And if you want to connect more to Hope Church, visit us at hopechurchbhm.com slash connect. Now let's dive into this week's audio recording. Have you ever encountered moments or had situations pop up in life where you're like, this just doesn't make sense. Some of them can be silly. Some of them can be practical. Like where we live, there's a road that only gets worked on during school traffic. It only gets worked on at like the 8 a.m. hour and like the 3 o'clock hour. At least that's what it seems. And it's like, this does not make sense. What is the purpose? And then they took the summer off and the holidays off. So it's like they only work (laughs) when there's school traffic. It feels intentional at slowing buses and parents down. But it just seems like it doesn't make sense. But sometimes you'll even hear phrases that don't always make sense. Like, um, you ever heard the phrase, the apple of my eye? Like, what does that even mean? Or raining cats and dogs? Or what about the sweat like a pig? You're like, that makes sense. Pigs are sweaty. But did you actually know that that phrase actually came from when people were making pig iron and when they would uh, try to cool it in the ground and sand, it would sweat. So there you go. A little, little extra knowledge for you today. <laughs> but what I've learned in life about the what makes sense topic is that Sometimes things that make sense is subjective to the beholder. What makes sense to you may not make sense to me. See, last week we defined that we are misfits and that God has a plan and a purpose for his misfits. Us, Jesus, chose misfits to follow him. And so we define what misfits were, and it's someone who does not fit within the context or situation's expectations. So someone who does not fit within the context, expectations. So, last week we read about Saul's transformation and how he experienced on the road to Damascus and um, all that thing, all that there. And to many people, according to Ananias, as we heard last week, it did not make sense. But thankfully, Ananias showed faith over reason. Here's what I want you to hear me today as we're getting into this. I think all too often in our lives, reason trumps faith. Reason prioritizes faith. And maybe you're here, you're going, no, 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 pastor. I got faith bigger than a mustard seed. I got faith like an oak tree in my backyard. I got so much faith, pastor. And that sounds great. But what about circumstances? How often do our circumstances trump our faith. You see, I've had moments where things occurred in my life that I felt like they weren't adding up. Moments that didn't even quite make sense. But at the same time, I've had moments where I was asked to step in faith when reason would have said, are you sure? You see, I've been asked to trust God when I didn't know how I could trust in the moment. Friends, we launched Hope Church three years ago, but four years ago, I left a comfortable, full-time vocational ministry position close to Disney World and close to the beach to go work part-time at Chick-fil-A. Friends, that was a step in faith, and I still have to step in faith and trust God, but I know my faith in God, my faith challenges me to look beyond my reason. 
You see, what I've learned is that being a misfit is that I have to recognize that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I cherish the salvation that Jesus gives me, but I submit to the Lord. Being a misfit is recognizing that, that Jesus chose me and I must obey him even when it doesn't make sense to my earthly eyes. A.W. Tozer said, apart from obedience, there can be no salvation. For salvation without obedience is a self-contradictory impossibility. Someone needs to hear this. You are not called to live by human reason. Matthew eleven nineteen, Jesus said, yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. You see, being a misfit requires obedience when it doesn't make sense. Being because Jesus is the one who allows us to fit in. He's the one that makes it possible. So we don't have the authority to tell him what is not possible. If he's the great authority, if he's the one who says, hey, I make all things possible through me, then who am I to go get Jesus? I don't know, Jesus. This don't make sense, Jesus. <laughs> but all too often, as silly as that sounds, we do that. All too often, we look for, for moments and opportunities to go, Jesus, you don't understand. But what I do know is that we see Jesus calls all of us to trust him, to rely on him, to take steps in faith, even when reason says we shouldn't, because we're misfits and he's chosen us. And so today we're going to look at a misfit and his name was Peter. At this time, he was Simon. But what we see with Peter is that he was a misfit, right? But Jesus chose him. But even in his choosing of him, Peter had to make a decision to go beyond reason to follow him. So here we're going to look in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. This is Jesus. This lake is another name for the Sea of Galilee, as we most likely familiar, more familiar with. This is before Simon was a disciple and a follower. And then verse four. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Let's talk about this. So this particular ancient Greek word Luke used for master, epistata, is, is unique to Luke's gospel. This word has the ideas of like commander, leader, or even boss. So with this title, Peter's showing that he was willing to take orders from this master. And one of the things we first have to recognize in that recognizing Jesus as Lord is we got to understand his role. And so, Luke, um, and so Peter understands his role. He's in charge. I may not follow him yet, but I'll tell you this. He is in charge. Peter could have come up with a number of possible excuses. Jesus, I've worked all night. I'm tired. I'm not casting these fish again. Jesus, I know a lot more about fishing than a carpenter does, so let me do this. Or the best fishing is at night, not in the middle of the day, Jesus. Or all these crowds and loud teaching has scared the fish away, Jesus. Or we already washed our nets, Jesus. Jesus made no religion, but he does not know fishing. He could have done all that, but he didn't. 
You see, beyond Peter's reason, he recognized that Jesus was a Lord, that Jesus was master. Beyond his reason, he knew that he could trust him. He said, what was it? But at your word, I will let down the nets. Some translations say, nevertheless, I will let down the net. This was Peter's greatest statement of faith in this moment. And it was a trusting in Jesus's word. God's people through all ages have lived and gone forth with confidence in the word of Jesus. He said, because we know this, at your word, there was light. At your word, the sun, moon, stars, and planets were created. At your word, life came to this earth. At your word, creation is held together and sustained. At your word, empires rise and fall. History unfolds his great plan. At your word, there is freedom. And at your word, Peter was chosen. And you or I, and you and I are chosen as misfits to follow him. We've got to trust the word of Jesus, friends. All too often we're trusting everybody else's words but his. And when they had done this, verse 6 said, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Peter, Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful Man, oh Lord, when Peter saw the great power of Jesus displayed in this knowledge where he shouldn't have knowledge, it made Peter realize his own spiritual bankruptcy compared to Jesus. Peter recognized that he was a misfit, one that wasn't worthy. He knew that Jesus knew. Know, hear me today, know that Jesus knows it all. But too often, we know it all, but we don't know Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Know that Jesus knows it all. Refuse to lean into the idea of being a know-it-all who doesn't know Jesus. You see, friends, my personality trait, I like to know things. I like to have answers. I'll travel to a new city and Google the history of it because I just want to know what things happened in this city and I want to know about it. It's a weird personality trait, but I do it. Not only that, I not only try to know things, I try to fix things or have an answer for everything. But I had to recognize in the recent season, Psalm 41.10 speaks directly to me when it says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. That means be still and recognize that I don't know anything except God is good and that his son Jesus came to die for me. And his son Jesus said, I'm a misfit, but I fit into his plan and his purpose. And when I know that, my knowledge falls to the side and it puts the knowledge of Jesus at the forefront. We continue in verse nine, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed them. From now on, you will catch men. Jesus just rebranded, relocated, redirected Simon Peter's life and said, you will catch men. He was saying, you're going to do what I, you're a fisherman, but I am a fisher of men. And you're going to be one too, Peter. You're going to be one, Simon. See, 
There was no greater fisherman than Jesus himself, but he wanted others to learn and to be in the same mission as him. But here's what I love, what verse 11 says. It wasn't in verse 10 that just said, hey, I'm going to make you fishers of men. But it says they left everything and followed him. That means they left the boats, they left the nets, and I believe it may also mean that they left the miraculous catch of fish behind because it was not as important as following Jesus. They left everything. I don't know about you, but that, that challenges me. When is the last time that, that you have left everything and followed the purpose of Jesus in a moment? When is the last time when you stepped out of your comfort zone to do something for the kingdom of God? When is the last time that you put yourself second and put the will of God first? When is the last time that you said, my emotions do have weight, but the plan of Jesus has more weight than how I feel in this moment? They left everything and put Jesus first. We hear this and we think, ooh, awesome, Peter was chosen. Jesus did a miracle, but that was back then. What does that have to do with me today? Friends, Peter was a misfit. He was a fisherman. When it, that alone, Jesus, Peter was a fisherman. He wasn't a rabbi. He wasn't a teacher. And one of his first followers Jesus chooses is him. It's him. So that means that God said, I choose you to be one of the closest circles to my son, Jesus, and I'm going to build my church upon you and your leadership. And he's saying the same to all of us today. I want to people to follow my son closely. I want my people who may look like misfits to be fit in with him so that they find purpose. I want my people to find relationship with my son, Jesus, so that they can have communion with me in my presence and build my my church. I believe God is saying, I want to build my church upon the misfits. Friends, this is not anything new. This isn't anything new. Jesus was choosing misfits, his entire gospel message. And I want you to hear today, his gospel message is saying there's good news for all. And the good news for you today is no matter how far you've gone, no matter how far you have fallen, no matter how much you may feel like you don't fit in or you maybe have made the wrong decisions, Jesus is looking at you and says, child, I have a plan and a purpose. But I think we got to understand this. In, in, in contrast to this, we go, but Jesus, I have my own purpose. I have my own reasons I need to follow. You see, our craving for reason is rooted, I believe, in one of our most basic needs, and it's the need for stability and predictability. We crave control, right? <laughs> we cope better when we think we can connect the dots. But here's the problem. Life doesn't always work like that. The storms of life are one example of this, but life isn't a puzzle for to simply be solved. It's a mystery to be lived. And at the core of the mystery is a God who longs for you and I to trust him in the middle of the mystery. There are numerous stories in the scripture that fit along with this narrative. God, you want me to do what? Are you crazy? God said to Abraham, leave your home. Abraham goes, where am I going? God said, don't worry about it. Follow me. Who are you? You'll know me better when you get there. That's a are you crazy statement, right? God said to Noah, build an ark. God says, what's an ark? He tells him. People thought he was crazy. God said to Hosea, go and get yourself a wife. Where should I look? He said, go to the brothel, marry a prostitute. 
You see, these are moment after moments where God was choosing misfits to take steps beyond reason, beyond their circumstances, and to have faith and trust and obey that he was a savior, but he was also a Lord. And I believe that is encouraging and it's inspirational. We can have faith because he is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10 directly says he is faithful. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Friends, don't get so fixated on what you can see today that you miss out on what God is wanting to do in and through your life. Because here's what I know as a misfit, we're messed up people. But what I know is messed up people, helping messed up people, messes up the devil. He can't stand it because we're bringing God glory because we've recognized who he's called us to be. So I want to give you just a few encouragements with your faith journey here. First one is this. Faith is a journey, not a destination. Some of us think, oh, I've accepted Jesus. I have faith. Yes, you have faith, but faith is a journey. And you need to be hearing that. The second one is God is not distant in your doubts. He's reaching out for you. You have doubts, bring them before him. He's big enough to handle them. But notice something, even on the boat with Jesus and all those fish, the good news of Jesus was shown. Even in that moment, Yes, uh, Simon Peter was there. He didn't want to cast the nets, but he said, you know, I'm here. And even in that moment, the good news was being shown to Jesus. I mean, shown through Jesus. The third thing, your doubts don't disqualify your faith. God can use your doubt to draw you to himself. You have doubts, quit running, start running from him, start running to him. And then the fourth thought on faith is faith is not the absence of doubt. Faith is the means to push through doubt. Psalm 23, 4 said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That means we may walk through difficulty, but even in my doubts, even in my fears, I don't have to be afraid. I can have questions, but I know that he is with me in the journey. He is with me. He's with me. So how do, you, how do you take steps in this path of being a misfit much to similar to, to Simon Peter? Well, the first thing I think we need to do today is we need to start praying. We need to be bold. We need to pray with power. We need to say, Father God, you're bigger than my doubts. You're bigger than my questions. You can draw near to me. You can shoot because you've chosen me as a misfit. You, I can pray these kind of prayers and believe it. And not only that, we don't need to just need to start praying. We need to start doing. We need to commit to a step this week and live it out. Some of us in this, in, even in this moment, as you're listening to this, God is speaking to you and saying, you need to take a step and we need to put forth that effort and take a step and watch what God can do. You know, I like to think this misfit idea as I, I referenced last week as a, having a, a shape toy for a young child to figuring out the star doesn't fit in the circle and the square doesn't fit in the triangle. They each have a shape that matters. Today, I want to reference a children's puzzle. Imagine you've got a puzzle and you put it all together, but one piece isn't in where it needs to be. 
So you have an empty, you have a, a almost completed picture of a puzzle. And that can be so frustrating, right? You can be so frustrated going, oh, what? I, I'm, just miss, I'm just missing this. I'm just missing this. I, 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 I don't understand. I'm not, I'm, I, I've got to find this puzzle. And so we try to find it and try to find it. And I think often that, that image that I'm describing is how we do live in life. We find ourselves in situations where we try to fill the, those puzzle pieces we try to fill those pieces. We go, I've got to decide where, what this puzzle piece is. And I think Peter, when we see him on the boat, is an example of that. I think Peter was doing an okay, doing something okay, but God had something bigger for him. I'm not saying he needed to be in the temple at that moment because I don't know that. But what I am saying is that he probably was trying to fill his puzzle pieces with, the, with other things. But he encounters Jesus. And it's not so much that Jesus was the missing piece, but it's more, and I like to think of it as this, is that Jesus was crafting a beautiful image and Peter was the missing piece. You and I are a part of the puzzle and the image that God is crafting to showcase his glory. But we've got to turn to him. We've got to have faith beyond our doubts. We've got to trust him even when it doesn't make sense and say, God, I am here. I am for you. Use me, speak to me, speak through me. I don't have to know everything. All I've got to do is be still and know that you are good and that you are God. And as I do that, I know I can find purpose. And so that's my prayer for you today, friend, for you to find purpose, healing, and find out that as a misfit, Jesus wants you to follow him wholeheartedly, even when it doesn't make sense because he's creating a picture of purpose and of power, and you get to fit in with that. Can I pray for you? God, I thank you for every person that's tuned in with us in this moment. Lord, I pray that you will encourage them and challenge them. God, if they, they need to make a decision, Lord, to follow you, that they'll take a step to follow you and to receive your son Jesus in their life. Lord, if we've been a, a misfit that's not been turning to you, but instead been turning in our own ways, God, I pray that we'll refuse that lifestyle and we'll turn to you wholeheartedly. Thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of those listening. In your name we pray. Amen. Misfits, let's turn to the one who has a plan for you. Well, friends, thank you for tuning in for this week's audio message. Hope you were encouraged and I hope you found a little hope for your day and I hope you're equipped to bring that hope to a world in need. As I mentioned earlier, if you want to connect, follow us on social media at HopeChurchBHM or at HopeChurchBHM.com slash connect. We hope to see you in person real soon. Thank you.